Alrighty, hello everyone and welcome back to the Reformed Dissenters, the show where Reformed Christians dissent against popular ideas of culture by asserting a biblical worldview. My name is Bruce Johnson. I am joined today, as always, by my brother Jacob Johnson. Hello everybody. We are in our Pennsylvania set, um, so we're both in uh, PA for this, our final week of shows in 2022. So if for the next two weeks you don't find episodes from us, don't panic. We're not dead, uh, most likely. The uh, show is just not producing episodes. So, and I say most likely because we are apparently on YouTube's most wanted list, or at least on one of their wanted lists, Mm -hmm. because today uh, we had yet another of our videos taken down on YouTube. So... If you don't feel like simply getting censored content and you want content from a whole uh, range of places, including uncensored places, then uh, I would highly recommend you check out our website, which is trdshow.net, and follow us on uh, platforms that don't censor us. So you can follow us on Gab, follow us on Getter, follow us on Gab TV, follow us on Rumble. We are on a ton of places where you can still get our content even when big tech says no. So uh, yes, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, they've all censored us in some variety, some way they've messed with our stuff. So uh, we don't trust them, neither should you. Follow us on places that don't hate free speech. And all of those places you can find links to on our website. So it's really easy. You have no excuse to not follow us on uh, YouTube. Also, uh, you can send us an email and let us know your thoughts about what we talk about on the show and uh, potential future topics you might have in mind. Send those emails to drdshow at protonmail.com. We would love to hear your thoughts about what we discuss Uh, today and uh, every other day on this show. And sign up for our show newsletter. trdshow.net slash newsletter is where you can go to do just that. So today is Literature Wednesday. We've got a lot to talk about, a lot to break down. We are talking about Gary DeMar's book, Restoring the Foundation of Civilization. And this week we read chapters three and four. So I'm going to be breaking down chapter four. Jake's breaking down chapter three. We're talking about the family government and all that that entails. There's so much there. Gary had to split it into two chapters. So we're very excited to break down all of that awesome content. But before we get into all of that, we have to talk about our verse of the week. And it's Wednesday, so I'm going to pass it on over to Jake to do just that. Alrighty, and our verse this week is found in Romans 1, verse 5, which says, Christ, through whom we have received grace and apostleship, to bring about the obedience of faith for the sake of his name among all the nations. Uh, and Bruce was talking about this, he's talking about a, a section of this, probably like the end section. Uh, but I kind of want to focus on uh, these, this, um, through whom we have see, received grace and apostleship. And, and through that, we've received that, because so that we can get then go out and bring about the obedience of faith. Um, and what that obedience of faith is, is applying all of Christ to all of life. And that is making sure that every single area and every single thing that you do is Christ-like. And that every single area, ta- every single 
area of your life is directed by the Bible, and that it is our job to go out and bring this about. Uh, and, you know, we've, Bruce and I have talked about several ways to do that, such and such would be uh, presuppositional apologetics, but it's not just debating that you do that. Uh, really, I think the biggest way to do that is just living your life in a Christ-like manner and being that city on a hill that we've talked about before. And so you bring about this apostleship and you bring about uh, this obedience of faith by obeying God's word, is by following God's law. Yeah. 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 And this is a really good verse to bring up to people who um, try to limit the the gospel and limit the, the mission of a Christian, but it's also really good verse to talk about when um, people doubt our capability to win um, and by that doubt our necessity to get involved and change the way that we live. So today, especially the topic we're going to be discussing is, is the family and people can get incredibly defensive about how they structure their families and um, why you just need to shut up and just let them do what they want to do with their family. Trust me, I've had so many conversations with people who aren't um, too pleased when uh, I try to talk about why they should be homeschooling as opposed to sending their children to be indoctrinated by the wicked. The amount of excuses that people have come up with to be able to send their children to the government to be trained and still have um, some something of a conscience left and be able to sleep at night. The amount of excuses they have to produce is sickening to see. And trust me, they do. One of my favorite phrases, not because uh, I like it, but because it's true, is that the uh, human capacity for self-justification is unparalleled. It's so true. We can justify so many things in our laziness and... In our sin, we can come up with so many excuses to do what our sin wants us to do, what the devil wants us to do, which is to send our children to the government to be trained rather than taking responsibility for them ourselves as as families. So this uh, is really important. And this is one of the best verses to bring up to people and show them that, hey, we're supposed to bring about the obedience of faith for the sake of his name among all the nations. And this runs directly parallel to what we find in Matthew chapter 28, where we're supposed to make disciples of all nations. We're supposed to make every nation a disciple of Christ. And a disciple follows the teachings of their teacher in everything. They're dedicated to their teacher. So today, as we talk about the family, and as Gary DeMar is going to discuss, restoring the foundation of civilization starts with the individual and then starts with the family. That's the very next step after the individual. Um, It's important that families and people recognize that the Bible applies to their family and how they structure their family and their family life. So since I have chapter four and you have chapter three, we'll have you kick things off in chapter three before I get into chapter four. I think sequentially that makes, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. So, cause we know how, we know how numbers work. Right. Right. (laughs) Um, well, okay. Chapter three, again, he's talking about the foundation of the family. 
Uh, he's talking about where it starts, where it comes from, and how it doesn't work under a Darwinian understanding. Um, and so he was talking talking about how it, almost like a, a presuppositional presuppositional um, mindset and that without God, there is no morality. And mm-hmm. so he brings up a quote and he quotes uh, C.S. Lewis. And this quote is on page 28 and it says, C.S. Lewis wrote, we make men without chests and we expect then virtue and enterprise. We laugh at honor and we are shocked to find traitors in our midst. Um, again, pointing out that we people today have this understanding that they want these good things. They think they know what is good. They think they know what is moral. And for the most part, they have a, uh, they have God's image imprinted on them. They have his law written on their Running heart. Running on the fumes yeah. of... Right, exactly. exactly. Yeah. Um, so they want good things, but then they mock good things yeah. in their words. Yeah. And so then they're surprised when their children go out and steal, go out yeah. and murder, go out and do right. terrible things. Yep. Um, and that's because we have the wrong idea of a family and we have the wrong foundation of where it starts and where mm. it comes from. Uh, but, and so he goes into talking about evolution and evolution being talked about in the schools and being taught to children. And he <clears throat> gets into talking about monkeys. And how we are very similar to monkeys, apparently. And on page 29, Gary DeMar says, The scientists who were most disappointed... Sorry, the scientists were most disappointed when our simian relatives viewed the computers as indoor toilets. Seemed they spent (laughs) most of their time defecating and urinating all over the keyboards. Wow. End quote. And and this was... This was a test that scientists were doing on monkeys because they were saying, oh, they can learn like like regular humans. <laughs> they just need some time with computers and then they'll know how to write messages and stuff. <laughs> wow. And apparently there was there was a little bit of it where they really liked the S key. So they would just keep <laughs> pounding on the S key. Oh, my goodness. No clue why. <laughs> but, um, but then also this, they would defecate on the keyboards <laughs> and on the computers. Wow. Uh, Why and, am I not surprised? Yeah, you put monkeys in a room with a keyboard and a computer. Mm-hmm. What do you What do you think they're yeah. going to do? And I pulled this next quote because it was kind of funny in light of the last the last quote. Uh, Gary Demar uh, said this on page twenty nine. Scientists say uh, they. He's talking about the monkeys. They should be sharing space on the same branch of the family tree. Same branch as us on the family tree. Hmm. The genetic similarities are said to be around 97%. Apparently, the scientists who came to this conclusion had not read about the defecating and urinating computer monkeys. Yeah, that's, that's crazy. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Apparently, these scientists had not heard about Had not read about, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but... Gary DeMar then points out that animals have similarities to humans because they were designed by the same creator. Hmm. They were designed by the same designer. Yeah. Um, And so, like, 
because we wonder, oh, well, as Christians, why why are monkeys the same as humans? Well, yeah, similar. Because God, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Same Not in same, some ways. Right. Yeah. Um, but all of the, that 3%, Gary and I were saying that 3% makes all the difference. Uh, because that 3% is having a soul, is having uh, morality, is having an understanding of biblical concepts. Um, but slowly, as we get rid of those biblical concepts, we return to Yeah, we become no different than the right. animals. Yeah. Right. Um, he says on page 31, and this is getting kind of to the heart of the issue. On page 31, uh, Gary DeMar says, With Darwinism, the classical biblical definition of the family has been discarded for a more scientific definition that is pure materialism. End quote. And he's talking about that without the biblical definition, we don't have a better understanding of people other than um, than just the atoms that they're made up of, the DNA that they're made up of. There's no way to explain the soul. There's no way to explain the mind. There's a way to explain the brain, but there's no way to explain the mind. Yeah. It's all materialistic. It's only what you see in front of you. Uh, and that's, that's what they have to do when they're making science their new god. Um, yeah, and they can't account for it. Right, yep. right. And he, he says this on page 31. Gary Demar says, Plow deep into an atom structure and you will not find a moral code, love, compassion, hope, or any of the qualities that are attributed to human beings. Again, that's saying what I was what I was just saying that um, that just the atoms cannot have compassion, hope, love, uh, moral code, moral attributes. Yeah. And so, if you're just going by a Darwinian understanding of just pure materialism, there's no no way to explain all of that. Um, he also says on page thirty three. This is all logical, considering an atomistic understanding of reality. He was before then talking about um, the transgendered movement, how they've destroyed their family through the transgendered movement, and how this one person is using they, their pronouns. They don't want to use he, him, or she, her, whatever he or I don't know this person, so I don't know. <laughs> what they actually are. Right, right. Yeah. But, and so on any legal records, instead of it being Mr. or Mrs., it's MX. <laughs> so, because they don't, they don't want to assign themselves a gender or pronouns. Yeah, so they could do that. Right. And assign themselves their gender, yeah. And, and what Gary DeMar is saying, it's, it's logical through their understanding that yeah. they could be whatever, they can make yeah. whatever they want. But We're it's just ultimately not end. true. Right. Uh, so any, really, any, de- uh, sorry, Republican who says they're Christian and then says, but we can allow transgenderism is giving up on morality, is giving up on God's law, that God has set uh, one, ma- one man, one woman, and this, there are only two genders, Again, this this is probably another episode ban- banned from YouTube, but 
We've been banned for writing. ridiculous so. reasons. Yeah. Right. Um, this will be my final quote, and I'll end with this one and pass it on to Bruce. But um, on page 34, Gary DeMar quotes R.C. Sproul. Uh, Gary DeMar says, The late R.C. Sproul uh, wrote, God's existence is the chief element in constructing any worldview. To deny this chief premise is to set one's sails for the island of nihilism. <laughs> End quote. And just ending this out saying that the foundation has to be God's word. And Bruce and I have gone over several times as to what that means and what a biblical family should look like. Um especially the, the the biggest issue being what Bruce mentioned at the beginning of the episode of uh, homeschooling. Yeah. That is the biggest reason for the family, to to bring up children in the nurture and admonition yeah. of the Lord. Yep. Yeah, to, to uh, produce and sharpen the arrows mm-hmm. of God's quiver. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, that's a really good point. A good segue into uh, chapter 4. And um, I have several sections, uh, three, three sections I want to talk about. So the first is that God created the family. And because of that, he is the one who determines how it should be run. So the family is a covenant uh, relationship before God, instituted by God. And so um, because of that, he also structures it and determines how it should be structured and, and run and governed, just like he does every other government he's instituted. So um, that's my first topic I want to talk about. Second topic is that the family has a biblical, um, biblically outlined structure of authority. So that's kind of um, extrapolating and, and building on my first topic. And then lastly, I want to talk about education of children is the role of the family, not the civil government. And to anybody who's been listening to our show um, for any period of time, this should be fairly familiar to you and hopefully obvious that the civil government is not at all and should not at all be involved in the educating of children, um, and especially Christian children. That's just unthinkable, and it should be unthinkable to us as Christians, and unfortunately today, it's not to many Christians, and that's a huge, huge problem. So back to my first topic, uh, God created the family and he determines how it should be run. Um, first quote is from page 37. Gary DeMar said, the family is a government ordained by God where husband and wife are in covenant with God and serve as family governors, end quote. So that may seem fairly obvious, but there's a few things in that quote that I think are important. The first is that it is a covenant with God. Like this is literally not just a... Um, thing people woke up and decided to do some one day. This is a, a covenant that two people enter into before God. There are blessings and cursings. When you stay in and you keep this covenant, there are blessings. When you break it, there are cursings, and it has disastrous effects, not just on you, not just your spouse, but also on the society that you live in. So that's important. Uh, page 38 Gerdemar said, the state civil government has no legitimate right to define what constitutes a family. This means that giving legitimacy to same-sex marriage and transgenderism is a repudiation of the God-ordained order of creation that in the end will destroy a society. So 
this one's fairly obvious. I just thought this was really good to throw in that obviously one government does not get to tell another government how it should be structured. The state does not get to tell the family um, how it should be structured. And also the state does not get to uh, determine what that structure of that government looks like. God does. And God has structured the family government as being one man and one woman. So no matter what the civil government says, the lies they propagate with the Disrespect for Marriage Act here in America, that despicable um, bill that went through, no matter what they say, it's wrong. Uh, if they're trying to be the ones that structure the, the government of the family, unless they are structuring it biblically. And even then, they really don't have any say. It's a biblical structuring of that. So what the Bible says goes. Um, the importance of the family within a society cannot be overstated. So you might be sitting there saying, hey, I thought that this was a book about restoring the foundation of civilization. Why are we talking about the family government? Why were we talking about the self-government last week? Hopefully that is apparent, but this may not be as obvious. Why are we talking about the family government when we're talking about restructuring a society and restoring the foundation of that society. Well, it's because the family is integral to a society functioning well and succeeding and not collapsing from the inside out. Um, page 43, Gary DeMar said, the maintenance of family government as defined by God's word ensures the survival of civilization. The end of the biblically defined family is the end of civilization, end quote. It's really important. So just to wrap up this section on page 45, Garrett made a really interesting parallel between the family and private property and capitalism. This was fascinating to me. Um, and as always, there's a ton more um, that we just don't talk about that are in these chapters. Um, so get the book. Obviously, we always say get the book, especially... Um, because there's so much in this book that we just don't have time to cover. So many historical references that Gary DeMar makes that we just don't have time to pull out and, and discuss in half an hour. So get your copy of this book and check out page 45 especially. But on page 45, Gary DeMar said, the family is closely tied to private property. He also lists a ton of references. Those are all up on screen, so check those out. Private property is attached to the biblical mandate of dominion. To separate families from their property by the state means that only the state can exercise dominion. In order to complete their revolutionary goals, Karl Marx and uh, Frederick Engels attacked the family in Chapter 2 of their Communist Manifesto. And this is a quote from that Communist Man Manifesto. Uh, the bourgeois family will vanish as a matter of course when its complement, private property, vanishes. And both will vanish with the vanishing of capitalism. End quote. So right there, the bourgeois, um, like it's like the bourgeoisie, right? That right there is talking about the middle class and the upper class family. So it's saying the middle class, upper class family will vanish as a matter of course when private property vanishes and when capitalism vanishes. So that that was really interesting. Um, so that's my first segment, my first section. Two more sections, but was there anything you wanted to comment on, Jake, in those two sections that... You, that, you know, popped out 
Gotcha. I think the the Communist Manifesto in in all those like those documents like um, the Social Contract Communist yeah. Manifesto, um, you'd be surprised how they've just laid out their plan for you in those things. Yeah, how they're going to destroy your society and rebuild yeah, their own. That was something in the Social Contract written by Jean Jacques Rousseau saying that the 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 family, the nuclear family, is the biggest threat to creating a social contract. And what the social contract is, is a, um, a communist-esque and socialistic-esque um, contract be- between government and individuals. Mm. Um, basically, like, the government will provide protection as long as the people give the government all their freedom. Yeah. Um, you scratch my back, I give you my back. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and so, it's it's very interesting that like they've this this uh, nuclear family that God has set up is the the biggest threat that 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 God's principles, God's yeah. attributes, Who knew? threaten them. Yeah, scare them. Yep, yep. Uh, but yeah, yeah. Nuclear family is vitally important. Yep. Um. So my next segment, this is segment two of three. So I'll see how quickly, hopefully I can get through this quickly enough. We only have a few minutes left. But um, my next segment is that the family has a biblically outlined structure of authority. So on uh, page 37, Gary DeMar said, a question that every human institution must ask is uh, who is ultimately in charge? In addition, there must be a system of accountability. There is accountability to God's moral standard and long-term consequences to both obedience and rebellion, end quote. So like I said earlier, it's a covenant. It is a marriage. Marriage is a covenant between two people and God. And again, there are, there are uh, blessings and cursings involved. Blessings for obedience and, 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 and remaining faithful to the covenant and cursings for disobeying and breaking the covenant. Uh, page 39, Gerdimar said, There is a chain of command in family government, with the father as the head of the household and with God being the ultimate governor. He is the model governor. Mother and father are co-governors, but not necessarily equal governors. Someone must make the final decision. And that plays directly into my next quote on page 39, so I'll just go right into that. Um, this does not mean wives are not consulted. God made the woman in the marital relationship to be a suitable companion and vice versa. A man who neglects his wife's input in decision-making is not following the biblical mandate for husbands to love their wives as Jesus loved the church, end quote. So there's so much there um, and so much to break down. I would just recommend checking out page 39 and page 40. Um, and, And a lot of this is fairly obvious, uh, especially, in, hopefully, in Christian circles, this is well known mm-hmm. that um, the husband imitates Christ and the wife imitates the husband, that there is a, a hierarchy in marriage. Just as there's a structure in civil government and a structure in the church uh, church government, there is the same structure in the family government. And um, something something Doug Wilson, Doug Wilson was saying... Uh, in response to his MSNBC interview, um, is that our current culture and world thinks when you submit to someone, 
it means you're a lesser person than right. Them. Yeah. Um, but Doug Wilson pointed out the in the in the in the Godhead, the Son submits to the Father. Um, God the Son submits to God the Father. But we know they're of the same power. Yeah. They they are the same. Yeah. Christ and is so, not a lesser being than right, God the exactly. Father. Yeah. Yeah, really good point. Yep. Doesn't make them any less important or powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. And so there's those two elements. And then there's a third element in family. And that's the children. On page 41, Gary DeMar said, Children are to honor their father and mother. Exodus 20, verse 12, and Ephesians 6, 2. A similar directive is given concerning civil governments. Honor the king. 1 Peter 2, 17. Family government is equal in honor with civil government, although each has has a separate jurisdictional role. And then... um, he adds to this on page 44, and he says, The fifth fifth of the Ten Commandments states, Honor your father and mother, that your days may be prolonged in the land which the Lord your God gives you. And there are a ton of references up on screen, so check all those out. Obedience to God's moral order, points three and four, leads to a long life on the earth. All the other governments must be on the same page for this to happen. Without self-government under God, families suffer. End quote. So, there's a lot more information in the book, so definitely check out that. But hopefully this gives you some ideas and rabbit holes to go down and, and check out. Uh, but I thought that that was really important, the relationship of the three parts of that family government. And there's, like I said, so, so much more in there to, to check out. Finally, my last section, and we have two minutes left, so <laughs> we'll wrap this up. Last section is education of children is the role of the family, not the civil government. And by now, if you're a longtime listener of the show or you've just been listening for a few weeks, this should be plainly obvious to you. After all the examples we've brought up, after all the historical examples, current events, biblical passages, everything we've talked about for the last year and a half, the civil government is obviously the worst of the governments to be in charge of educating children. Just just to imply and, and insinuate that the government, the civil government should at all be involved in educating children should repel us instantly and cause us to like jerk back and be like, whoa, that's a horrible thought. And if it doesn't do that for you, um, might need to read your Bible just, just a smidge, just a smidge more. Um, page 42, Gary DeMar said, Parents are given legitimate authority to disciple their children. At the same time, fathers are given the following warning. Do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction in the Lord. Ephesians 6.4 The law cuts both ways. Neither parents nor children are exempt from following God's laws. Parents are not autonomous, a law unto themselves, when they serve as family governors. End quote. And finally, page 46, Gary DeMar said, The family is a child's first school. Giving children over to an educational system that does not have God's kingdom in mind and does not keep his commandments will hinder a child's ability to be scripturally equipped for kingdom work. And, uh, end quote, that is one of the most important things is that children are equipped for kingdom work. So I'll wrap up with a quote from page 49. Kind of like a call to action like we used to do back in the... uh, Andrew Torba, Christian Nationalism Days. Yeah. Seems like so long ago we were reading that book. <laughs> um, 
Pierre Demar said, The family is a child's first government and should reflect the righteous nature of God's government over us. As the family goes, so goes the nation. End quote. So structure your families well, or your nation will suffer for it, was what I got from that chapter. Yeah. Anything you want to add before we wrap up today? Nope. nope. Awesome. It's... Well, hopefully this was an inform- informative episode. I can do words, I promise. And uh, it inspired you. If you haven't already purchased this book, it inspired you to go out and purchase your copy of Restoring the Foundation of Civilization by Gary DeMar. If you don't have it yet, come on. What's going on here? Get the book. It's an awesome book. And if you need a link to it or you aren't sure how to get a copy of this book, send us an email. You can send all your emails to trdshow at protonmail.com. We are very much looking forward to hearing from you. Also, check out our show website, trdshow.net. If you want to send us a message that way, we've got a form on our website. To do that, check out our links on our website. Follow us on Gab, Facebook, Instagram, Getter. Um, Also, follow us on uh, Gab TV and Rumble. And for now, YouTube, although we're on our second strike. So if we get one more strike, we will no longer be able to produce videos there. So, you know, if suddenly we fall off the face of the map and... uh, you are not getting any notifications for us on YouTube and you can't find any of our YouTube videos ads because they don't exist because YouTube hates free speech and is a communist platform. So don't follow us there. Follow us on Rumble and Gab TV. Thank you all so, so much. And we will see you on Friday, our very last Friday episode of 2022, where we discuss the blessing of a beautiful inheritance. You don't want to miss that episode. And remember, everyone, in all that you do, do it as unto the Lord.